Hey y'all, and welcome back to The Devil, The Witch, and My Wardrobe. I'm Bridget, as always, and I'm really excited about our topic this week, but before I get into that, I am here to politely ask you to check out the podcast's social media. You can find us at The Devil, The Witch, and My Wardrobe, all spelled out, all one word, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you haven't checked us out already, um, our Patreon is up and running. I try to post at least bi-weekly. I have tarot readings up for the collective based off of Zodiac sign. Um, I have behind the scenes on some of the interviews that I do. I'm about to go ghost hunting at the end of the month, so that'll be up there. Um, just like different fun stuff, I'm gonna try to get up some bonus episodes and also some of my own experiences up there. Um, it's been a work in progress because I just started a new job, so I've been like working my way into integrating both parts of my life together. Um, and for the month of February, we're donating 30% of our Patreon funds to the Trans Women of Color Collective. So check us out there. Also, I have a couple people in my inbox asking me if I take submissions, and I absolutely do. Um, if you want to email them to the devil, the witch, and my wardrobe at gmail.com. I typically like to wait until we have enough stories for one whole episode. Um, so, yeah, if you have a story, just email it to the devil, the witch, and my wardrobe, all spelled out, all one word, at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, it's in, I think, the Instagram bio, and I think it's the Facebook bio as well, as well as our links to the Patreon page. Okay, so I think I have it all out there. This week, we're talking about cursed films and cursed film sets. So the first film that I have for us today is the Poltergeist film. And this is actually a trilogy, and all three movies are cursed, or said to be cursed. So it's that movie with, like, the little girl. It's, like, a super famous, like, horror scene, if you guys haven't seen it, where it's, like, a little girl, and, like, there's static on the TV, and she's, like, in a, like, weird little white nighty and blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's said that this film is cursed because they used actual corpses as props in the flooded pool scene in the first movie. And so there are multiple counts of premature death, which is said to be the spiritual retribution of using actual corpses as props. So probably there's two really shocking deaths and then the rest of them seem to be like, oh, that could have just happened to anyone, but there's probably, here, let me count, one, two, three, four, five untimely deaths that is around this movie. I think there was a sixth one, but it just, it seemed more like a, a natural cause, I guess, but the first death is, well, I guess she died before, after the, all the movies came out. Um, she's the main character in the first, second, and third Poltergeist movie 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 heather o'rourke she's the little blonde girl that says they're here um she passed away at the age of 12 and i'm not entirely sure what she passed away from she either passed away from complications of the flu or acute bowel obstruction caused by congenial stenosis 
um, of the intestine. So I found two different things. Um, I'm not really sure which one, but I do know that she died on the operating table from cardiac arrest. The second super shocking death that occurred was of Dominique Dunn. She played the older daughter in the poltergeist. She passed away at the age of 22 when her abusive boyfriend strangled her, leaving her on life support before passing away five days later. Um, another death was Julian Beck, who was known as the malevolent preacher in the second movie. He died of stomach cancer at the age of 60 after the second poltergeist movie and was in post-production. Another one was Will Sampson. He was known as the medicine man in the poltergeist 2, who was also a shaman in real life. He passed away at the age of 53 from post-operative kidney failure. And the last death that I have here is of Lou Perryman, who played a construction worker, um, and he died after being axed to death in his home by an ex-convict in 2009. So, basically, the poltergeist curse was just killing a ton of people. Oh, a like breeze kind of like went through my house a little bit like the whole like house just creaked um but the second movie that I have here is The Exorcist and this one is I mean having a ton of people die around your movie is awful but this one is like it's just wild um The Exorcist is a movie based on a real life event in the movie, it's a little girl who begins to play with a Ouija board and thus becomes possessed, but in real life, it was a little boy, but the family requested that the main character to be changed from a boy to a girl to protect the boy's identity because apparently the boy went on to live a normal life with no recollection of being possessed, which is insane. I don't, I don't know, but there were nine deaths associated with this movie. Um... So, actors Jack McGroran and Vasily Malieros, whoa, that was bad pronunciation on both names, both passed away while the film was in post-production, and what makes their death so strange is that both of their characters passed away in the film as well. So, while on set, um, the girl's mother, in real life, she's Ellen Burstyn, um, suffered a permanent back injury while doing a stunt um, that went wrong while shooting a scene, the scene where Reagan throws her from the bed, and they used her real scream in the movie, um, but she still has problems with her back t to this day. Um, and I shit you not, y'all, I think I just saw something move in my room. I'm so scared. I do not want to move. Okay, I've, like, tried recording this episode, like, four times, and, like, something weird has happened, like, in two of the shots. Oh. <laughs> My entire body is filled with dread right now. Okay. I'm gonna stop recording now. Okay, bye.
Okay, it's Monday, and hopefully I haven't just postponed more suffering, but, um, okay, let me find where I was before. Okay, so, oh, Lily's in my doorway. Hello, Lily! Oh, why are you growling at me? This is weird. Come here! Do you want pets? Oh, she does! <laughs> Say hi! smells at the microphone. So, um, during the time that they were filming The Exorcist, the house that they were filming in actually burnt down, postponing filming for, I think they said six weeks. Okay, bye, Lily. But the only room that wasn't completely burned was the room that Reagan stayed in which is the possessed little girl and is the room where all the crazy scenes were filmed. Lastly, um, the Exorcist premiere in Rome was crazy. Um, and we know that Rome is the, basically the epicenter for Catholicism. Um, but during the premiere, there was a huge storm with torrential downpour accompanied by thunder and lightning. Um, actually, lightning struck a 400-year-old cross on top of a hill. Um, many people inside of the premiere heard a horrific, almost demonic cry coming from outside once the film had started rolling. And at one showing of The Exorcist, a woman was so scared that she passed out in the theater and broke her jaw when she fell and she later tried to sue the creators of The Exorcist because she thought that the movie itself was cursed, as well as there being subliminal messages in the movie itself. The next movie that I have is Rosemary's Baby, and low-key, this is one of my favorite movies ever. It was one of the first horror movies that I was able to watch all by myself, um, and it's just been like stuck with me ever since. Uh, Mia Farrow was amazing in it. The visuals were awesome and it was also just really well written. So it's a film about an expecting mother and the devil wanting her baby. It was produced by William Castle and directed by Roman Polanski. Um, so during production, William Castle received a ton of death threats and hate mail. Um, one of the death threats said, Bastard, believer of witchcraft, worshiper of the shrine of Satanism, my prediction is you will slowly rot during a painful and long illness which you have brought upon yourself. He soon after suffered kidney failure and was rushed to the hospital and suffered hallucinations, one of which he said, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife. The composer for the movie was admitted to the same hospital as Castle without him knowing and died of a brain clot, uh, a blood clot or brain hematoma at the age of 38, which I'm not really sure if those are the same things. Um, I'm not Meredith Grey, but um, it's weird because it's a really similar to what happened to Hutch in the film. During the movie... Roman Polanski's pregnant wife at the time, Sharon Tate, was brutally murdered in August of 1969 by the Manson family in her home. 
um, along with the couple's unborn son. Um, and it's crazy because people think that John Lennon's assassination was tied to the Rosemary baby's curse um, because at the Tate murder scene, Helter Skelter was written in blood on the wall. Um, it was a Beatles song on the White Album. And years later, John Lennon would be assassinated at the luxury apartment building, the Dakota, which is where Rosemary's baby was filmed and where he and Yoko Ono had lived for years. Um, and it's also something to note that John Lennon and Yoko were friends with Roman Polanski as well as Mio Farrow, who played Rosemary. Okay, and the most haunted or cursed movie all time is The Omen. The Omen is a 1976 movie about a man and his wife who adopted the Antichrist, uh, who went by the name of Damien. So filming began with a warning from director Bob Munger that the film was going to be cursed. He just knew it. Um, Munger really wanted to follow in the footsteps of The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby. It's all of the same era um, and has same the same kind of uh, feel to it. It's very demonic um, and eerie, but not necessarily full of jump scares. Bob Munger said, if the devil's greatest single weapon is to be invisible and you're going to do something which is going to take away his invisibility to millions of people, he's not going to want that to happen. Um, and as soon as strange things started happening on set, he began to wear a cross. So one of the creepy things is um, after helping finishing his project for the Omen, special effects designer John Richardson began working on the movie A Bridge Too Far. While working in Holland with fellow special effects sculptress Liz Moore, they were in a horrible accident. Um, they were driving one night and hit a car head-on. Richardson was left unconscious while Moore was decapitated when one of the front wheels tore through the floor and hit her. And once Richardson woke up, he realized that this tragedy had a very strange similarity to a decapitation that he had designed for the omen. He also claims that he saw a road sign off to one side of the accident that pointed to the town of Omen, spell O-M-M-E-N, as opposed to O-M-E-N, um, that was 600, no, wait, sorry, numbers, 66.6 kilometers away. So I tried to find that um, somewhere on the internet, but it didn't seem like there was one, so that part seems a little bit questionable to me. In one scene in the movie, baboons attack a car where Damien and his mother are, um, supposedly in reaction to Damien's demonic nature. Um, fun fact, the mother, the actress that played Damien's mother, was actually very terrified and was screaming and they used her real scream. But the animal trainer that was there to keep the cast safe was killed the day after they filmed by a lion grabbing him by the head. Another unfortunate event that occurred is two weeks before filming The Omen, Gregory Peck, the main character who played Damien's father, 
lost his son to suicide, and then while he was on a plane to London to film, his plane was struck by lightning. So this lit one of the engines on fire and almost made the plane crash into the Atlantic Ocean. And then a few weeks later, producer Mace Neufeld's plane was also struck by lightning on his way to shoot the omen. And then lastly, screenwriter Dave Seltzer's plane was also struck by lightning, raising eyebrows and starting talk that maybe the omen is cursed. Another scene in The Omen that involves angry animals is one in which Gregory Peck is trying to escape a cemetery while being chased and attacked by a group of Rottweilers. Of course, the dogs were very carefully selected, well-trained, and a stuntman was used, clothed in protective gear and padding, but for some reason, the dogs actually began attacking the stuntman and were so ravenous, their bites began to go through the stuntman's protective gear and they even ignored their trainer when ordered to stop. Side note, the stuntman survived, but obviously something weird was going on. And poor Mace Newfeld did not catch a break after his plane was struck by lightning. While they were shooting, the Irish Republican Army bombed his hotel. Luckily, he wasn't in there, but the IRA also bombed a restaurant that Gregory Peck was headed to. Maybe this wasn't part of the curse, but it's notable and it's also very traumatic and obviously shook them up. Another event is in order to get some aerial shots, the crew rented a small plane, but there is like a scheduling error or something where they had to wait until later in the day to get on this plane, but instead the plane crashed, killing several Chinese businessmen. And the last thing wrapping up the omen curse is another one of the stuntmen, the poor stuntmen. One of the stuntmen who also went on to shoot a scene for A Bridge Too Far had a serious accident jumping off of a building. Um, So apparently he was a really well-seasoned, like, stuntman, and he'd done this stunt, like, a million times. But instead of jumping onto the soft cushion like he has done a million times, he fell weird and ended up hitting the ground and being very seriously injured. Um, and when he woke up, he felt like he said he felt like he was pushed, which I believe the man. That does not sound normal. And I think that's about it for cursed movies. Um, I have one interview that I'm going to read. Um, from IndieWire with T.I. West. Um, He directed the movie The House of the Devil as well as The Innkeepers. So basically while they were filming The House of the Devil, they had the cast and crew stay in this hotel called the Yankee Peddler Inn. Um, And they had so much like weird stuff happen to them that they decided to come back and film a movie in the Yankee Peddler Inn based off of, like, their experiences. So, basically, the interviewer asked if he could elaborate on the hauntings that happened and that he witnessed. He said, well, I'm a skeptic, so I don't really buy it, but I've definitely seen doors close by themselves. I've seen a TV turn on and off by itself. 
Lights would always burn out in my room. Everyone on crew has very vivid dreams every night, which is really strange. One story that is most intriguing to me in the film The Most Haunted Room is the honeymoon suite. That's where the ghost stuff started in the hotel. The only reason I picked the room that I picked to shoot in was because it was big enough to do a dolly shot. No more thought went into it other than pure technical reasons. So when we're finished the movie, I find out that the most haunted room in real life is the room that I picked to be the haunted room in the movie. It could be a coincidence. It's weird that it happened that way. The interviewer then goes on to ask if weird things would happen while they were shooting. He said yes. The thing is, one being a skeptic, I tend not to believe it as much. The other thing is, when you're making a movie, the experience is so traumatic. <laughs> I have enough things bothering me, so a ghost's not going to be my problem. But absolutely, the dreams came back to the day I walked in. The vibe was there. Sarah Paxson would wake up in the middle of the night thinking someone was watching her in the room. Everyone has stories, but I was too busy saying, let's shoot this, we have 17 days. Okay, that was about it for that article, but I am seeing another one on Entertainment Weekly. He said, we would drive every day to make a satanic horror movie, but weirder things would happen at the hotel. You had weird dreams. Okay, this is what I found was weird. The phone would ring and no one would be there, which is so scary. <laughs> okay, and then I found another article on the history of the place. I'm going to just skip to the people who have passed away in the hotel. It was apparently opened in July of 1891 and was one of the most successful destinations in the region and remained so until the couple passed away in 1910. So apparently the spirit of the founder, Alice Conley, rumored to have died in room 353 still roams the halls of her dream hotel, checking in on guests to make sure that their stays are pleasant. Apparitions and strange smells have been reported in room 353, and Alice's favorite rocking chair in the hotel lobby has also been witnessed to rock on its own. Ugh, that's so scary. And Oh, that's so funny. There's a picture of her rocking chair and a rope on it that says, Do not sit in Miss Crowley's chair. <laughs> Room 259 has also been reportedly been a location with unusual activity. Guests here have claimed to be experiencing weird smells, felt invisible forces get into bed with them, and see the spirit of a woman. The ghost of a gray-haired gentleman in a black suit, believed to be Frank Conley, has been supposedly been seen in the pub that is in the inn, using the old phone there. Whoa. Other paranormal-type events have been reported, including room lights going on and off on their own accord and doors opening and closing without any help. Employees and guests have also told of being pushed or tugged by invisible forces, while others have reportedly experienced unusually heightened emotions and disturbing dreams. Apparently, no significant tragedies have been reported happening there, so it might be, like, residual energy. Whoa, okay, so I'm reading the comments now, and this lady said that she's from Torrington. This is in Connecticut. And she said that she had stayed two nights there in 2004 and nothing scared her except for the mold. 
Um, and then she said, anyone remember when we were all scared of the hotel on East Main near Friendly's? Some lady was stabbed to death in there in the 80s, I believe, and it was said to be haunted. And she goes on to say, however, right across the street of the parking lot of the Yankee Peddler, Maiden Lane, not Main Street, is an apartment complex, used to be Maiden West, not sure if it still is. This is the most haunted or even possessed place I have ever been to. If you look directly over the garage door, that is the apartment I stayed in for a few months with a friend. The backstory, which I couldn't find any info on, is that it used to be an auto garage and workers were getting crushed in the circular portion of the floor that lifted and turned to move cars because it is such a tight space. At one point, we were the only occupants, yet around 3 a.m. we would hear people running up and down the halls. Looking through the peephole, it was empty, as well as the fact that you can't even get into the garage without the garage door opener. The bathroom was insane. It sounded like a war was going on in there. You open up a drawer and bottles of shampoo are flying everywhere, then stand up perfectly next to each other against the wall on the floor. Whispering, growling, laughing, electrical problems, you name it. Constantly yelling at the roommate to get out of the bathroom because they were taking too long and you could clearly hear them bustling in there. Finally open the door and there was no one there. Oh my gosh, that is so scary. Alright y'all, thank you so much for listening. I think that's all I have for this week. Um, tune in next week, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday, who knows? It's a mystery to me as well. Be sure to check out our social media at the Devil, the Witch, and My Wardrobe, all spelled out all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as our Patreon at patreon.com slash dwwpod. And don't forget to send in your listener story, if you have one, to the Devil, the Witch, and My Wardrobe, all spelled out all one word at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Have a great week. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.